it a lot happens in the world when there's billions of people and we're just here in our own little worlds yeah i th- i think it's really cool though to see i think a big part of it is people looking for truth you know and it, and it shows I mean, on on lots of levels. Like we were just talking about the the Canadian trucker thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it feels like, and it's not just because of one issue or one thing. It feels like people are just like, I'm tired of this. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's kind of coming to a head. Yeah. And it's just all <laughs> revolved around truth. I don't feel like anybody is the people that are finally starting, you know, like the truckers or the people that are um, speaking out and supporting Joe Rogan, for example, or something, not trying to force their will on anybody or anything else. They're just saying, we want to do our thing. And we feel like it's getting to a point where this is all false, wrong. It's not true. And we're going to stand up for truth. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. It is cool. It's cool that they've stood up and, you know, they drove to Ottawa and they go, all right, we have two to four years of funds that have been donated. Here we are. We're willing to wait two to four years. See, and I haven't looked into it that much. So they're willing to... So, I mean, I've seen like some of the headlines and some of the, you know, I watched a couple videos on YouTube or whatever that was the people supporting them as they're yeah. driving by and stuff and, and feeding them food, yeah. you know, having food set up and stuff. So, but they're like raising funds so that they can camp out and they're yeah. pretty much boycotting and saying, we'll, we'll stay here as long as it takes kind of thing. Yeah. From what I understand, there's, there are fuel trucks that are going from truck to truck to refuel them. There's food trucks that are going and feeding them donations from all over the world saying, Hey, we support you guys go for the, you know, keep, keep it up, keep up the good work. And, um, two to four years, the, the organizer, one of the main organizers of it said, we have two to four years of funds. To just keep these guys doing what they're doing. I saw a meme and it was like, the truckers should just tell the government two weeks. We'll just be here two weeks. Yeah, no kidding, huh? <laughs> and yeah, it's all about truth. You got the the people that are backing out of Spotify because of them not censoring Joe Rogan or because of Joe Rogan. And it's just crazy. Like, the the whole world is crazy. And I think we are all... So it's confirmation bias. So I can read an article and I go, oh, well, it totally makes sense that Joe Rogan is great. And then someone else reads the same article and they go, oh, see, it totally makes sense that Joe Rogan's feeding false information to people. And I think I'm right. Yeah. It's just that that weird, we're weird. We're weird creatures. Do you think, though, with the the Joe Rogan thing and, and probably, you know, all of the issues we're looking at, I think, Kind of, but because I always thought that too, like, oh, there's just a different side to the story. You know, like I believe one thing, I'm seeing it this way. Somebody else is looking at it a different way. And there's bo- there's probably some truth in both of our opinions, but it's just, you know, just a different opinion or a different, different uh, bias, I guess, like yeah. you said. Yeah. But I read some of the comments on, like, you know, like, so say Forbes pops up and it's talking about Joe Rogan, you know, a a Joe Rogan story, whatever, with this this stuff where they're trying to censor him. And I'm reading through the comments. Most people are kind of on the same page I am, which it's like, turn it off if you don't want to. If, If you're worried about it, just turn it off. Don't listen to it. But there's a lot of people on there that are like, well, he's a comedian and an MMA guy. He should not be giving medical information. Or why is a comedian giving information on a horse dewormer? Yeah. Or, you know, obviously they have not watched one episode of his show. Yeah. And so they're they're touting their opinions completely naively because they have no clue like you look at these comments and you're like that person is a complete idiot yeah and not you know just 
if they would go and listen and yeah. realize that he's having a conversation with a very well-credentialed doctor. Absolutely. He is not saying, you know, and so, yeah. so I look at that too and I'm like, you know, okay, I'm, I've always looked for the, you know, kind of tried to have the best opinion of people and like, oh, they're just looking at it differently. But there's some of this stuff where I'm like, these people are completely dumb. Oh, I, I totally agree. In this, in, you this know. in this instance, absolutely. Like people are people are being crazy about it. Um, the stuff that they say. I mean, it, ivermectin is not a horse dewormer. Right. I mean, it it is now. It can be used for yeah, that. It can be. It's I, one of its uses. I was at a farm store yesterday, and um, I was actually waiting for someone to come over and just say something to me, so I could say, "Hey, I heard, I heard on Joe Rogan that I should buy some of this," <laughs> um, just to see what they did. <laughs> but yeah, you can use it for animals, but it's on the it's on the travel to America recommended list of taking the medications before you come here. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can be an immigrant to here and take ivermectin, that's fine. But if you're a citizen, nope. Um, but he'll have – is it Sandre, Sandre Gupta? Yeah, the, is he's he the CNN, CNN guy. correspondent. Mm-hmm. You know, he has very credentialed people on there, and um, he just wants to find the truth. Mm-hmm. I just want to know the truth. Uh, interestingly, I think they all want to know the truth. It's just, it's turned very political. Um, and political doesn't always want to find the truth. I mean, it's just, it's so bizarre because you look at those comments and they're, they're, they're touting that we need to stop misinformation, but their, their comment (laughs) is the misinformation. Their comment is completely false. And yet there's a whole group of people, you know, hope, my hope is it's not that large of a group. It's just yeah. a group that is very vocal, but there's a whole group of people and even influ- influential people. Like you look at The View or some of these TV <laughs> show, shows that we laugh yeah. because you watch some of that stuff and their credibility is just hilarious because it's, it's, it's so stupid. But there's people that are actually watching these shows and going along with it and thinking that that's, that that's it, you know? I mean, like the yeah. ivermectin thing. When I was a kid, um, I remember we had a bottle of, like a big bottle um, of penicillin. Yeah. And it had like coach's tape on it and a pen that said penicillin. Well, my dad had gotten it from the vet. You know, our neighbor was a vet and had gotten it just to have it on hand in case we needed it, you know. Yeah. Well, obviously he's a vet, so he's given it to animals as an antibiotic. Does that mean that penicillin is, I mean, it can be used, but just because he's given it to an animal doesn't mean, you know, it's yeah. just the most, it doesn't take a very, very much thinking to come up with the truth in some of these things and, and actual truth. That's not opinion. It's It's truth. truth, Yeah. You know, they, there are actually ivermectin pastes that go to the vet and it's just a couple manufacturers, but they go to the vet and it actually says on there, not for animal consumption for human, for human use only, Hmm. which is the, the opposite of a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, if you go to a farm store and you get that stuff, it's going to say, for animal use only, not for human consumption. Well, this is the yeah. reversed. It was used for humans, but you can also use it for, for animals. Um, and that this stuff is being battled in the court system and all of this stuff. It's like, man, yeah. how about you just let me do me? Mm-hmm. You do you. Uh, you said the view. Whoopi Goldberg, did you hear what she said the other day? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I, just the, saw, <laughs> I just saw a snippet of it, you know, on The Holocaust online, but, was yeah. not about race. Yeah. It was not about race. I'm like... Okay, so same line of thinking. Joe Rogan is an MMA guy and he's a comedian, mm-hmm. so he should have nothing to do with you know medical advice. Whoopi Goldberg is an actress. <laughs> yeah. Then she should say nothing about the Holocaust. Yeah. No, it, she can say whatever she wants to say. Joe yeah. Rogan can say whatever he wants to say. I'm just not going to listen to Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar or whatever her name is. Um, I'm happy to listen to medical experts that Joe Rogan brings on and I'll, I, I, I should get on and research those guys and see if they're credible. And, you know, he could bring in a fake doctor. And if I don't do my, my part by getting in and going, Hey, what am I listening to? What am I consuming? That's my fault. But in society, we take fault completely out. It's Joe Rogan's fault. 
Mm-hmm. This is all Joe Rogan's fault. No, this is my fault for listening to false information, whether it's on Joe Rogan's show or CNN. In this case, 95% of the time, I believe that CNN is incorrect. Well, and I think that shows as a society where we've screwed up, where we don't have personal responsibility. Yeah. You know, for anything. I mean, we don't take personal responsibility for our health. We don't take personal responsibility for our finances, you know, or even the the content or the things that we are consuming. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just so we, which is totally foreign to me. Like, I, I don't know how most people could live that way, not looking up, you know, learning something and then really digging into it to figure out, okay, what's this person and who's this guy? And, yeah. You know, I listen to some of those, uh, pod, I, I enjoy listening to, to Joe Rogan. Yeah. And uh, I listen to a lot of stuff. Um, and the first thing I did, you know, after listening to some of those doctors or even the CNN guy, you know, Google search, well, duck, duck, go search (laughs) because, you know, a lot of, and I even did a side-by-side. I would do Google and duck, duck, go so I can get both sides of the story, you know, kind of, or one side and then maybe the truth or I don't know. Yeah, whatever it is. But it's interesting as you go through that process, you can kind of decipher if things are what's true and what's not, you know, I, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of time looking into stuff to figure out okay, yeah, this, this guy's legit or he's not or, or whatever. But we don't, we have so, and just that, a Google search, you know, it probably took me 15 minutes to research some of these people, which is the only time in human history that we've had that kind of a capability. Yeah, very true. You know, the last probably 10 years when I was in high school, we didn't even use the internet that much. Mm -hmm. It was mostly like an email thing. But there wasn't a great search engine or anything, you know, and that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And so... Ask Jeeves. Within the last... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like Yahoo was big, you know, yeah. so you'd, you'd get on the Yahoo search engine was kind of the one or maybe AOL or something. Yeah, that's <laughs> so funny. But, I mean, now we have... The only time in history, in the history of the earth that that could happen was the last 10 years. And I feel like people have the least amount of of uh, motivation to find the truth. And yet yeah. we have it just literally all around us. You know, it, it's just bizarre. So that readily available access to knowledge, does it make us dumber? Yeah. I, I, really I mean, could. I think we've shown it. I think I, I, as a society, <clears throat> yes. For the ones yeah. that are truly seeking, then... You know, yeah, probably I mean, not. Back but. in the day, they would go, okay, I need a mentor, so I'm going to move and I'm going to hire Plato to, to be my mentor. And he had knowledge from the Library of Alexandria. But those were very hard to access back then. Mm-hmm. So you know, these are, I, I don't know, I, I'm just, my mind's going off a little bit into you know, the philosophers and, and everything. Well, but even back then, they purposefully hid the knowledge yeah. from people so that they were enslaved to them, Yeah. right? I mean, there was only, uh, you know, that was the big deal when they translated the Bible and printed the Bible and made it, you know, to where it could be dispersed to people. Yeah. That was a big deal because the government and the leaders wanted that knowledge and that power so that they could control people. Yeah. And, and maybe we're seeing a pushback yeah, very now, true. you know, where they're going, well, you can't listen to him. We're the only ones that tell the truth. you got to come to us for your news and come to us for your, you know, stuff. That control is leaving some of these big institutions. And so they're, they're, they're this is fighting the, it. The Council of Nicaea, where they brought all the books together and decided what was going to be in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We're just living the big, the big yeah. Council of Nicaea right now. Yeah. That, that is kind of interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it like that. But, I mean, the government and, and that religion at the time, they wanted you to only know certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, they wouldn't let uh, uh, someone do an autopsy on a body or anything because they didn't want you to know how any of the body worked. And that's interesting. They wanted to just tell you what it was and uh-huh. then believe you. Yeah. And it's exactly what, you know. Like, can I just I, get a vial of the 
the the V to to <laughs> look under a microscope and like oh no no you can't do that yeah yeah it's like I just want to see it did you say did I send you that four hour long thing of the doctors and the senator that yeah I didn't listen that to was all pretty of it, interesting but, they yeah. kind of talked about that a little bit where one guy was like. We don't even have access to look at it, you know. And yeah. He was a doctor. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't yeah. want to get, you know, that rabbit hole is pretty big. But yeah. uh, but that was pretty interesting. Well, as as weird as it is to say that that's a, a, a road into success and success principles, it is in the fact that you, you might listen to all of our history growing up, and we think that success is a certain thing, and that's – getting a high school diploma, going to college, getting a degree, this and that, and then going out into the workforce and you're going to be successful because you have a doctorate. Um, well, that's I'm, I'm going to be really biased here, but that's easy to say when it's the doctorates that are building that curriculum for everyone to do and knowing that those people are going to pay thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to get that education through mm-hmm. those organizations. When you can read a book that was written in the 1700s that teaches you how to think correctly, and all of a sudden success actually comes much faster and must, much easier, and you're like, how much are we complicating this? I actually think in everything that we talk about, it's almost tough because like, hey, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, it, we could talk about the same thing every single week yeah. and never get down to the deep truth of it which I think is that words are powerful. And, and that comes, like in the Bible, it talks about speaking and tongues and how the tongue is the, the rudder of the ship. And, you know, all this stuff, it's, it's actually very simple. We can speak our way into success. And maybe on a conspiratorial level, the upper, upper class doesn't want us to know that because as soon as you know what you think about, you bring about, it's really easy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and you say easy. well, and, and when you say that, you know that we try to come up with different topics to think to talk about every week, but we end up kind of talking about the same things. Yeah, that's all it is. You know, there's a few core principles that that uh, make it possible to be successful. Whether that's money success, business success, relationship success. It's all the same. Like, you know, we talk a lot about mindset. We talk a lot about, um, you know, hard work, getting out of our comfort zones, you know, all of those things. But it really comes down to a few simple principles, you know, yeah, mindset, belief, faith, um, you know, all the stuff that people are like, oh, well, that's like voodoo stuff. You know, that's not like actually how you become successful. But it we do overcomplicate it, you know. Yeah. It's like, no, you have to go and study all of these subjects and these subjects and these subjects. No, you you don't. Um, there's a few core principles, and once you learn those, then you can apply them to anything and uh, and make it happen, you know, yeah. whatever it is you want your life to be. Yeah, it's it's. I, I totally agree. I think we way overcomplicate stuff. Yeah, and sometimes it's easy... I, I enjoy watching all of the political stuff that's going on, and, and I I like the conspiratorial uh, subjects and all of that. But really, it, it does kind of detract our mind away from things that, you know, really, really matter. Now, the state of the nation does matter. I just can't do anything about it right now to fix it. I can start working in that direction and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, it's fun to talk about. I think it's important because we can derive truth from all different places. Uh, but sometimes I think, you know, we scroll through TikTok or Instagram or whatever, and it's pretty easy to get sidetracked, which, if, I mean, if we're going to talk conspiracy, how much, how better would it be for a nation if they're communist to build an app like um, TikTok that just gets people to mindlessly mm-hmm. scroll for hours because mm-hmm. and it's so easy and it builds this algorithm almost instantly. For me, it's barbecue, <laughs> CrossFit, and politics, mm-hmm. and it's almost in that order. It's like barbecue, CrossFit, politics, and it's just oh, and and pretty well placed politics. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I, 
when I get on there, it doesn't go through and show me communist stuff. It it shows me pretty freedom. What you want to see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It's. Um. It's it's interesting. Yeah. I you know the last I feel like and I kind of had mentioned this before we started. The last I feel like the last two ish years kind of. Like I think about, remember at the beginning of the whole thing, and we were quarantined and at work. Yeah, we were just at the at a. They split us up, so they were sending people from our central station out to other stations, so that we were distance away from each other. And me and you were just out at one station. Yeah, like I think about that. That was was that two years ago, or yeah, that seems like a long time ago. Yeah. And it seems like a lot has happened since then. Like a lot of stuff that I never, ever thought we would see or have to deal with or think about, you know, like just wading through tons of information and scenarios and things like that to really stay focused on what we believe is true. Yeah. But the last two years has been crazy thinking about that. Yeah, very you know? true. But honestly, like as far as myself, my life, my focus, my inner vessel, I feel like it's the best two years that I've ever had. Like yeah. it's, it, you know, and so the only reason I bring that up is we get to choose, you know, I know there's the last two years have been really tough for some people, extremely tough, but for others, you know. And I think it has more to do with the individual than the surround, than the environment and the yeah. things happening, you know. I think it's great. Like, yeah. I look through some of this stuff, and I'm like, there's some exciting things going on. And on the other side of that, there's some scary things going on, too. But it's just, like, it's exciting to be a part of. It's exciting to wade through and say, okay, where do I stand on this? Where do yeah. I think is the truth? Or what decisions am I going to make in my life? And it kind of builds... You know, as we as we make those tough decisions, as we come through and and uh, thrive in making those tough decisions, builds our confidence. Yeah. You know, it builds our our success, our mindset, everything else. Just makes us stronger. So I think it's it's fun. It's been great. I think it's been, I think it's been good. Yeah. It has been an interesting two years. I mean, I would say it's good too. Um, <clears throat> I, I like how you said that about just d- kind of like solidifying ourselves off of different decisions so you know we can take all of that fluff all that crazy stuff and we can go okay you know i'm sifting and then i made a decision and by making that decision we can be stronger in other decisions that we make so uh, how you do anything is how you do everything so you start to build yourself in these areas and it can move over into other areas of our life and yeah when you look at stuff like that it's much easier to scroll through tiktok yeah (laughs) but no i i mean yeah yeah, I like that a lot. And and it has been a weird two years, but I remember when this first started, we had some friends. We went out we went out to dinner with them and it was the the restaurant was dead. Like there was no one there. It was right as the state had shut everything down or mm-hmm. pretty much. And they're like, you know, six weeks. That's it. Only six weeks, everyone. Okay, so just so you know. And we were all there like, This is crazy. Like everything's shut down. How's anything gonna work? And I had this weird feeling of like, this is opportunity. Mm-hmm. And and it was, it was cool to to see everything, kind of crash, and to be like when it crashes, I didn't cower. In fact, like us and our whole group of friends, and which is so important to have the right core group of people mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey guys, this might suck, but this might actually be really good for all of us. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's work together and make sure it is. It was cool. Well, and I don't think that you know some people. There's people that are like, oh well, what'd you do? You you took advantage of people and you know to make you know when we're talking about thriving the last couple of years, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a tendency for people, and there's even some. I think I read some stories or something where people were like, "Oh, well, you're just making money off somebody, off people being sick or something." You know, like I can't even remember where I read that because somebody was talking about you know these these same kind of things, and, uh, and that's not necessarily what we're talking about. I don't yeah, think. No. For me, it's 
you know, there again, we talk about mindfulness and mindset a ton on here. Um, and I think that the last two years has made me really turn inward and look at that and study that. You know, I read a lot of books and stuff just on what are my thoughts? Am I thinking things that I want to think? You yeah. know, and and maybe it maybe I've done that because there's all of these exterior forces trying to control what I do which I'm trying to block out. And then I've also recognized that, well, if I'm controlling myself, then why don't I rewire everything to be exactly what I want to be? You know, if I can control it, then I'm going to control it all. And I think that for me, that's been the opportunity and that's been all the difference. Not necessarily that there was, you know, whatever, you know, the stock market crashed and I bought in and made a ton of money or whatever, you know, yeah. like for me, that's not necessarily the opportunity I'm exactly that, that I'm talking about. And I, th- I don't think you are either. No, no. It's the opportunity <clears throat> of let's, let's take a new look at where we're at, what we're doing. And if there's things in life that we don't want to be doing, then we're going to change those so that we're more in line with exactly what we want to do and who we want to be. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the only people that have truly profited directly off of sick people are the large pharmaceutical companies and politicians. Yeah. I mean, just Mm -hmm. my opinion, Mm -hmm. but you know, everybody else, when this all went down, it was like, this is a time that I, I can't just float. You know, I can't float through and hopefully everything's good. Yeah. So what can I do myself to step up and make this happen? And I saw that as the opportunity, not, not so much of, you know, like, like you were saying, uh, benefiting off of sick people. It, and actually that didn't even pop into my mind. It was like, Hey, this, this is going to be a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Can I make it through a difficult time? Mm-hmm. Can I learn? Can I grow? Can we thrive? You know, the, the, I've, I've read a lot about the great depression and although there were a lot of, there was hard times and it was terrible, like not going to take anything away from it. It, it wasn't as many people that were in a bad way as we hear of it. You, you think of 90% of America going starving. It was, it was a very small percentage that were actually really hurt by it and very quickly came out of it. Um, some historians are going to be like, that is totally not accurate, but you know, relatively, um, we we can use these times to really dig and find out who we are and that that's that's what it's all about um i'm rambling a little bit well and even to the to the great depression example wasn't there more millionaires created during the coming out of the great depression than there was in any other time in history up to that point right I, i'm not sure but I'm, that I, sounds I, I'm like... pretty sure that i've heard that you know and there was great opportunity, yeah. you know, it was, but it was, it was being able to have a mindset where you can get through the tough times yeah, and then be ready to go when the opportunity yeah. comes. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. If, if and that, people are just falling apart yeah. and can't function and are scared to death to go outside and, you know, that kind of stuff, like that's horrible and... There's, you know, probably some, some health challenges and things going on there. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that there isn't some real concern there, but it's going to be harder to be able to gain that confidence and move forward and, and, and yeah. find the opportunities, you know, yeah. or whatever. And you could even take, so you're helping me through this today because I'm fumbling on words and everything, but um, talking Great Depression and opportunity, and I don't know if anybody did this, but let's say there are a bunch of starving people. Well, what's the opportunity there? Let's figure out how to get them cheap food. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's not that's not being selfish. You're going no, you're helping. How do we get these these starving people food? Now we're not going to do anything. If I'm starving myself, I'm not going to go do it all for free. I'm going to feed my family while I do all those things. Mm-hmm. But that's also where there's this idea that capitalism is just completely selfish and it's evil it it's not it's it's incredibly giving if it's done in the free market mm-hmm. 
because if I'm extremely selfish and I'm just trying to profit off of sick people, well, people are going to see that and mm-hmm. they're not going to support that mm-hmm. in a free market. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all, that's all entrepreneurship is, is solving problems, you know? And, and so, you know, we, we get a distorted view from, from certain political groups and stuff on what capitalism is, that people are greedy and stuff, but all it is is solving problems and you're solving problems for people. You know, there has to be obviously somebody that you're serving and solving problems for when you're doing a business or whatever. And I think it's interesting to see people's view on this because we get such a, a, a distorted view of it that uh, it's just so bizarre. But when you actually just take it down in the simplest terms, exactly like you said, like, we're going to feed these people. Like, that's all it is. There's an opportunity there to yeah. serve. There's a problem there. Somebody has a problem, and I'm solving that problem. You know, there's a there's a bare piece of, of dirt or there's a house that is all run down and stuff. Well, that's a problem, you know. And if I can figure out a way to add value to that, then I've solved the problem of that house being worth nothing. And I've solved the problem of somebody being able to live there in that house or whatever. Like any business can be traced back to that very simple thing. There's somebody that has a problem. And there's somebody that has a solution to that problem and is working to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> You'll hear, you know, they'll say the best way to elevate yourself financially is find a problem and, and solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And in today's world, we don't have a lot of problems, but we do love convenience. So as mm-hmm. far as business goes nowadays, convenience is great. I mean, you can, you can hop on Alibaba.com. You can go find something cool, mm-hmm. order it, order a thousand of them at a dollar each, have them shipped directly to Amazon and sell them for $20 each. Mm-hmm. And you never touched a product, but it's a potato peeler and people want them. Yeah. So it's, it's so interesting. Um, well, when we say that, you know, and there is, and maybe, a maybe a problem isn't the right word for it, but, uh, you know, problem maybe sounds like really big, you know, and and that's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be that, you know, it just has to be maybe a void. There's a void there or something, you know, I mean, there's so many simple things that, um, like a, you know, back to the house example, uh, and, and it's just being willing to do that, you know, like back to the house example, we've had houses and properties that we've gone in and, and, uh, you slap a coat of paint on them and it just really raises the value, you know, yeah. or maybe you, you do a little bit in the yard or whatever. But I've had people like, as I'm doing that and going through that process, people are, they're like, Oh, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm painting a house. Oh, I hate painting a house. I hate it. And I'm like, I love it. I painted this house and was able to raise the value by $35,000 slapping a, a coat of paint on it, you know? Yeah. And so I think that it's just being a little bit open to finding problems that maybe other people are voids or, you know, ways to create value yeah. where other people are overlooking it or um, don't see it, you know? And, and the cool thing about that is when you take, when you do more opportunities, when you... Um, Maybe take some risk. Look into that, or you're, yeah, you, you know, you, you take some risk, or even looking into, you know, um, you know, you become educated to find more. Yeah, you know, you're you're looking into that more, and so we've talked about in the past, like what you focus on will grow and build. If you're in a position where you're not looking for opportunities and stuff like that, then you're not going to see them. Once you start like finding and looking for some opportunities, then you realize, man, there's there's opportunities all around. So yeah, anyway, they're, they're everywhere. Um, <clears throat> so we talked a little bit how it's easy to get sucked into social media, and it's just something that I've done because I I do I like scrolling through Instagram and TikTok and stuff. Sure, I'll make myself follow things that matter. So like NFT dot wealth. Um, I follow them. I follow a few different people where I, even if I'm mindlessly scrolling, I'm like, oh, there's a success principle. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's there's this. 
Um, just something that I've done that, you know, maybe people can think about. Just follow some successful people, and at least it makes some of your social media time a, a little bit more valuable. Um, but it's nuts. Uh, like that example that I gave about Amazon, I started to look into it. That's like, that's a great way to bring, you're giving people in China a job because mm-hmm. they're, they got to manufacture all of this. Mm-hmm. Then the shipping, then Amazon, which, you know, is what it is. And then goes to the consumer and you're just a middleman and there's just so much. Mm-hmm. It's that you can sell ice cream. Uh, you can, you can do whatever you want. Well, and that's what I like doing too. Along those lines is scrolling through reels or something like that. And that's where I've come across a lot of, like, ideas that I never even would have thought about. Not that I've, you know, that we've shared on here. Yeah. Like the ice cream guy or, like, the hoof guy trimming the hooves and stuff, you know. Like, that's, I kind of do the same thing where I look at it as um, seeing how cool it is that people come up with these creative ideas and build them into businesses or you know, even take the business part out of it. They're creating value for people yeah. in the in the way of entertainment, education. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. And complete industries that are being changed because of it. So comedy is one. <laughs> like memes are a form of comedy. That Like Joe Rogan, for example, he, he loves memes because they're so different than the comedy that he's used to. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, that's an art form. That, he's like, I don't have it. But... For someone else, they, I mean, they make millions off of meme pages. Hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. awesome. Or, yeah, the hoof guy, the, the guy that goes up and asks people what they do for a living in their nice cars. Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, kids. My kid loves an iPad, our 11-year-old. And he loves, like, these really simple games, and, and it bugs me. I hate I hate screen stuff. But then you got people like Gary Vee that's like, no, you can't suppress your kids right now on that stuff because they can become a coder or they can this, they can that. What advice does Matt have about me being annoyed <laughs> at my kid being on on screens? It's something we struggle with too. I think everybody probably does. Um, I don't know. Because we, like, it's... And I, I do it too. And so it's hard for me to, like... First thing in the morning, they get out of bed, and they're, like, if we're not right there saying, hey, go, you know, get ready for school or whatever, it's like they're searching out, like, first thing in the morning to grab something. But I do the same thing. Yeah, me too. Like, I I get up and I grab my phone. A lot of times it's because my alarm's going off or whatever, but I'll usually get sucked in, you know. I have personal development and meditation stuff that I listen to every morning, and so— to them, I'm doing the same thing, and then I'm telling them that they can't look at their screens, but I'm looking at my screen. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We try yeah. to, we try to really have, we try to balance it, and balance isn't the right word because screen time's just something that can happen anytime. But we try to really keep our kids involved in activities. Yeah. You know, physical sense. activities, social activities, things like that. So that, you know, like Bodhi goes to jujitsu. Yeah. And um, he actually, so we have, there's jujitsu here in our town two days a week. And then that same school has it in another town for two days a week, like separate days. And he was going to miss a testing day where he gets to advance. And so we decided to take him down to the other yeah. um, class. And and so we, you know, I mean, it, it takes some time and it's, you know, it's, it's not convenient. But we went down there and he really enjoyed it. And he's like, I want to go three days a week, you that's know. Awesome. And so part of me is like, well, that's not convenient. We have to drive down there all the time. But the other part of me is like, well, at least that's time that he is pursuing something that he's excited about that's yeah. not on a screen. Yeah. And so we try to, any time that there's activities like that that they want to do, we try to be really on top of doing them. But we're not the best at that either, you know. But, yeah. but we have them really involved in stuff. That's cool. That school and that instructor is very good at teaching those kids life. Yeah. Uh, life skills, life philosophy and uh, i i've enjoyed just listening to his classes because i'm in there and i'm like dang like he's really teaching these kids 
it's good stuff. You know, yeah. I'm there. I'm like, I, I just want to listen to what he's going to say. He's uh, he's really good, and it just kind of shows jiu-jitsu itself, you know, that, that discipline and that um, self-mastery. Mm-hmm. You know, it all kind of goes back to success and just, yeah. you know, Plato talked about, uh, no, not Plato, well, Plato probably did, but um, Pythagoras, that control over oneself is the ultimate. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, that's hard. Control over oneself. Yeah. That's probably the hardest. The hardest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you're getting your kids involved in that stuff early on and, you know, they're learning their mind and their body and all that. That's, that's awesome. And I've seen, you know, with him especially, he's, he is our, I mean, they all like screen time, but he's like our, he loves it. You know, that's his thing. And, and, but it's been cool to see him really enjoy, like, he's not physical either. Um, you know, our other kids are, are pretty, even our girls are pretty, you know, rough and tumble and they'll beat up on the boys sometimes and stuff and like to be in, you know, the, the other, my other son likes to do football and, and Bodie's not real physical that way, but to see him um, be involved in jujitsu is cool. And yeah. I think a lot of it's the mindset part. He really likes yeah. the structure and uh, and being able to, I think, think about the strategy of it and stuff. Yeah. So it kind of, you know, some of those things that translate over and and do that to get them off of the, you know, to get them off the screens. I don't know. But him also, we also um, try to be constructive in his screen time too and try to let him know that, hey, if this is something you're really interested in, yeah, there's major opportunities that you can pursue this kind of stuff. So we have conversations quite often about, different ways that you can make a business or make a career out of it or, you know, just not doing the sit in front of it and play it for three hours at a time or whatever, yeah. you know. So I don't know. That's really cool. I don't I know like if that. we're doing any good or not, but. You probably are. You know, I don't yeah. know. So anyway. That's really cool. It's it's tough, though. It's hard. To, yeah. And new things pop up all the time. And I was just, man, yeah. just thought I'd ask. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh I had a thought on the opportunity thing when we were talking about all the opportunities today or, you know, all the opportunities we have. And like, even with the tech stuff, Yeah. I mean, I don't even understand that, but there's people that make just great money and great careers and great jobs in building games or NFTs or whatever it is. It's really cool to see that, you know, you can do anything, but I listened to the new Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson podcast. Have you listened to that one? Yeah. It was interesting. At the, I, I enjoyed the whole thing, but if if anybody was not wanting to listen to the whole four hours, I think the last hour was just gold, you know, on, on lots of different, a couple different topics. But it was interesting. He was talking about, Jordan was talking about uh, uh, opportunity, and he was told a story about him working in a kitchen, I think it was, when he was younger, like a teenager or something like that. And uh, he was just excited about his job working as a, I think he like clean dishes or something. But he's like, man, just the amount of opportunity. He's like the opportunities in that kitchen were unlimited and infinite, you know? And I thought, man, what a, what a viewpoint, you know, obviously he's had that same viewpoint throughout his life. If he can trace back and go, you know, that job had infinite opportunities, which when you think about it, it does. It yeah. absolutely does. But I think a lot of us would go, oh, that job sucked, yeah. you know, or whatever. But he had recognized that with the people he's working with and the people he comes in contact with and the customers and the customer service and learning how to cook and the opportunities were endless, you know. And so I thought, man, I need to be more like that in my own life now and not, you know, kind of get out of the drudgery aspect or mindset and, and, and really take in, okay, there's opportunities all around me. I just got to find them. You know, I, that story was cool. It was really neat. And, and Joe kind of had some stories that were similar. Yeah. That was cool and said some, some of the same stuff. It's fun to look at and watch, listen to just massively successful people and hear, hear their point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times they don't even realize like why they got there 
but you can just hear them and you're like, oh, that's why you, that's why you got there. That's, that's why you're successful in that regard. I liked in that podcast when they were talking about, I think it was about Hitler and, um, Joe Rogan's like, well, he was successful in being a dictator and Jordan's like, he was not successful. Yeah. He was not a successful individual. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked that because I agree. I don't think he was a successful individual. He never added value to anybody. Mm-hmm. He was a dictator. He was a piece of crap. It was cool. I mean, anyways. Well, he, yeah. he, he kind of went a level deeper, too, in that. Because uh, Joe was kind of like, well, like he had a hard time grasping yes. that. But then Jordan kind of broke it down and was like, well, look. And I think he might have said this about Hitler, or they even talked about Stalin, too, I think. Yeah. But how... You know, Jordan basically said, well, he was he was a leader of hell. Yeah. If that's what you want and that's what's successful, he's like, that's not success. Why would you want that? And talked about one of them, how they were so um, paranoid, you know, that even their friends, when they, you know, their friends, they, they didn't even have any friends because they were so paranoid that the people around them were trying to take that power. Yeah. And stuff. And so he said, well, how, how could that be success? success? Yeah. You know, you're, it's, it's hell, it's per, pure hell, you know? And so yeah. that was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. That was a good conversation. Well, and we define success as the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. Nazism or anti-Semitism is a worthy ideal. Mm-hmm. And look at the health, you know, I mean, the health problems they had. And oh, yeah. The, you know, I mean, they were, you know, I mean, that's... Well, the nerve... I, mean, I mean, now that you look at it, yeah, that yeah. wasn't success. I yeah. mean, we want to be physically healthy. We want to be mentally healthy. We want to be healthy in our relationships. You know, like, that's success. Yeah. Hitler was a vegetarian, and there's no way that you can be healthy <laughs> on that kind of diet. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <clears throat> or, yeah. Do you know he was a painter? You want to you want to be you you have to eat a steak. Yes. When you're successful, like, yeah. That to me is success. Eating yeah. a steak. I agree. A big ribeye. Do you know Hitler but, was a painter? I didn't know that. He's mm-hmm. actually pretty good. Hmm. Is I there mean, actual art yeah. that like has been sold? And, mm-hmm. hmm. Yeah. I was looking at it actually just today. I started reading a book called The Rise of the Third Reich. Um, just because you know I think we should study history and understand Absolutely. it for us um yeah he was a painter uh a lot of his art is still sold but it's always sold with the disclaimer of like hey he's one not that good of an artist okay this is for historical purposes only <laughs> <They're trying> to... <laughs> and uh yeah it's really interesting to me it's good art but i don't know, hmm. you know i don't know what good art is i hmm. like i can't look at a picasso and be like wow yeah that's just amazing mm-hmm. um i looked at it and i'm like dang that's better than i can draw i'll so, have to look at it is it like portraits or he landscapes or kind of did everything hmm. um he was trying to um he was just kind of trying to make it at the time and he wanted to be a painter so he started to uh do commercial stuff um and and private uh stuff so there was landscapes there was um like horses and buggies and uh, if someone would buy like a like a i want to say in vienna they'd buy furniture and then they'd put a tag on the back of it, and he would, like, make those tags. So oh. not necessarily art, but, like, mm-hmm. the cool drawing or the cool uh, words or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Kind of like a stamp or a mark yeah, or something yeah. for yeah, the, like whoever that. made it or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. And he decided that he couldn't really make it as a painter, and he didn't want to actually go to work. So let's go into politics. And <laughs> Why not? And kind of went that direction. <laughs> but... You know, I've always been fascinated with, you know, World War II in general. Uh, I mean, for lots of different reasons, but, like, I think it's really cool that we have YouTube, and there's lots of great documentaries and stuff on there. Like, when I was a kid, I'd grow I would watch the History Channel, you know, and and the documentaries and stuff on there. And back then, it was the Hitler Channel. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, But it's always fascinated me to think how, how that whole, how does that happen? You know, how does a people start down that road? You know, and I've always thought, oh, well, they must have just all been bad people. I'd never, you know, like I would never do that. Um, 
but then you know you get a little bit older and look into it more and you're like uh, i might not have like yeah. you know in being in that society seeing some of those arguments seeing some of the problems that were going on and even now like with the same you know you hear the, the maybe this will get us banned but you hear like the mass formation psychosis theories and stuff that are out there now but you could you, you can see how that happens yeah and even more you know going through this whole thing that we have the last couple years it's kind of like oh like i can kind of see it now i don't understand it still because i we both dig in look for truth figure out what is wrong what is right or whatever and make our decision from there so i think that we probably would have done the same thing back then yeah but going through this whole scenario you can see how that happens. People get swept up in a in a narrative, or a, you know, they have hope in something. Maybe they're they're suffering and they're scared of not having enough food on the table or whatever. And somebody can point fingers and say, "Well, they're the they're the problem," and you know, and you can just kind of see how fear and um, you know the unknown can kind of take you to a place that yeah you never thought. When someone could, is could, could happen. as charismatic as him <clears throat> that was coming into power and showing, hey, you've all been living this very poverty-driven life. I can help change that. And they get this hope. They get this really excited, hey, we can all be something. We can do something. Or mm-hmm. at least the wealthy is going to help us to you – know, we mm-hmm. can't forget that it – it was the National Socialist Party. It mm-hmm. was a socialist idea. Yep. And they get excited around that. And he goes, I can help you. I can I can help fix this whole thing. And then five, six years in, he goes, oh, and by the way, we need to kill Jews. And they're like, but I'm really excited to not be in poverty anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. We need to start killing some Jews. Mm-hmm. And within a 12-year period, you know, they went from really a very archaic military uh, uh, a lot of poverty he really did help in that regard to raise mm-hmm. I hope this doesn't sound like I'm saying anything good about Hitler here no um, because really it was all it was all a big uh, poo show it was all pretty right. bad right um, but in a 12-year period raises them into not poverty huge military um, insane advancements morale and yes. feeling good about yourself yeah. and feeling like we're technology mm-hmm. too i mean their technologies mm-hmm. well we we know operation paperclip <laughs> we stole most yeah. of it yep mm-hmm. we brought their scientists over and we implanted them into nasa mm-hmm. um and then you know boom 12 years later it was gone um that how easy it is to manipulate a society say hey hope 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 that all sounds so great, but by the way, we need to kill some Jews. Mm-hmm. It's just really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether we're living that now or not, I think it's so important that we we dig. And that's why we can't shadow ban or we can't ban people like anybody Rogan or anybody. Yeah. yeah, I don't care what Whoopi Goldberg says. Mm-hmm. I'm going to research and go, well, actually, wait, what was the Holocaust about? I mean, honestly... I, Maybe this is bad, but because of Whoopi Goldberg, I started reading that book. I was like, I actually want to know mm-hmm. what the Holocaust was about. Mm-hmm. I really want to know. Because she says it wasn't about race. I also, I, I mean, sorry, I think it was about race. Now I want to dig. I want to find out. Well, Hitler even called them an inferior race specifically, yes, right? Yes. I mean. Yeah, it, it uh, was I mean, about race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the truth. But, I just want to know the but truth. But that's fine. She yeah. can say that. Yes. And even with, you know, because now I guess she's gotten kicked off for two weeks or yeah. whatever. Why? Yeah. Why? Because we have to be like, reactionary and we have to show, yeah. which is kind of the same stuff that got us into some of the issues. Hey, two weeks to flatten the curve, everybody. Two mm-hmm. weeks, okay? Just two weeks. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's been two years. Uh, we just we knee-jerk reaction everything mm-hmm. and not to like get off on the side we can think about this for ourselves like are we knee-jerk reactioning our life you know if something happens do we just make that reaction really quick and we don't follow through we don't find the truth we don't know mm-hmm. really where we should go we're just making these reactions yeah yeah i 
you know, it's just, it is so bizarre that there has to be some kind of, and that companies feel like they have to validate people's feelings and suspend their people or whatever, you know, like, okay, I don't agree with Whoopi Goldberg. I also don't think that she should be banned for two weeks. If people are watching The View, they're watching The View for her opinion. Big deal. I don't watch The View. I could care less what her opinion is. I think that she's really dumb. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that she should be banned for two weeks. You know, like, I, yeah. I don't care. I just yeah. don't, I could, could care. Yeah, like, I'm not going to watch the so view bizarre. regardless of whether she's there or not. Yeah, yeah. But and that's it's because. It's so bizarre, the place that we're in as a society. It is really weird. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, and it's interesting. To, so, and not to go down another rabbit hole, but uh, like the Neil Young thing. You know, like taking yeah. his his music off of Spotify, like, and I've thought this all along through this whole process. But you look at like kind of left leaning people back in the '60s and '70s. They were, and maybe this is, maybe this doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. It That's just right. popped into my mind, and I thought I think it's hilarious. They're anti-establishment, sticking it to the man and everything, and then now those people are the ones that are right in cahoots yep. with big government and the narrative and you know like the neil young thing where he he was a a anti-establishment hippie rocker back in the day and now anybody says anything that and he didn't there wasn't anything anti-establishment on joe rogan or whatever or if there was who who cares but he thinks that he has to somehow stand up for that or uh, it's just yeah. it's it's funny neil young music like brought you. to you by pfizer <laughs> yeah i mean i just yeah. i didn't yeah. even know who he was there's actually a, a <laughs> list of these people they're like this person this person this person are pulling their music off of spotify I'm like mm-hmm. i haven't heard of any of those people yeah yeah and, i mean it, and, like, on, and because of that i'm not going to go look up neil young or any of the other people and support their music mm-hmm uh, and honestly, wherever Joe Rogan goes, I'm probably going to follow. Mm-hmm. So, and to me, it's not even his. Like, there's people that I follow because of their political, their political leanings align with mine somewhat. Yeah, you know. And so there are some people that I watch because of that. His, I don't, I don't know what his political leaning is. I think that he probably turned or originally was probably pretty left leaning. And it seems like he's become a little bit more neutral in some of his opinions, but in others, not necessarily. And I honestly don't give a crap. Yeah, I I think he he, leans pretty far left still, mm -hmm. except for a couple issues. Yeah, maybe like hunting and that kind of stuff. Like he's kind of moved a little bit in that. Yeah, but I don't listen to him for his politics. I listen to him. Because he doesn't ever really express them that much, you know? yeah. I, I love who he interviews, and I love how the guy interviews people. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he's such a good conversationalist. And um, and then I, I can pick and choose who I want to listen to as well. Yeah. You know, nothing against Carrot Top, but, you know, I was going through yeah. the other day. I was like, hey, who do I want to listen to? I don't care to listen to Carrot Top. I don't. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't something that interested me. That's how we should live. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I'm clicking through and I see the view. Well, I don't want to watch the view today. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. But I have the opportunity to watch the view because mm-hmm. we're not going to pull them off the air unless you're Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can go to CNN and see their opinions that I, I don't agree with, but it's still there. I'm not calling for them to ban CNN or to censor them. Mm-hmm. No, let them do their thing. Like, let's just self-responsibility yeah well and i think the problem is a lot of people rely on that for they take exactly what these places these people are saying as gospel you know whether it's cnn or fox or whatever which is just wacko but uh but yeah it's just yeah same thing i don't i i listen to i don't listen to that many joe rogan podcasts because there's only a handful of people that i care to even what their opinion is anyway you know i usually don't listen to the comedian ones or the mma ones because it's not stuff that i'm into but uh it is yeah it's just it is weird there was something else i was thinking about but i can't really remember um i don't know but 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 it is a bizarre place that we're in as a society for sure if today had a topic it'd probably be like taking 100% responsibility for oneself. Yeah. I mean, that's really... 
finding truth or, you know, yeah, something yeah. like that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really easy in this society to, um, to just get caught up in whatever it is, mm-hmm. whether it's politics or, uh, keeping up with the Joneses or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. just, it's easy. So focus on ourselves a little bit, uh, something bringing up Jordan Peterson, he says, um, uh, get your own house in order mm-hmm. before you go and try to change someone else's, um, that, yeah, just focus on ourselves a little bit, responsibility, find your own truth. Um, yeah, that's what Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. That's no, what that's, today is about. That's it for sure. And that's the most important part. Yeah. And I think everything else kind of falls in. Everything kind of figures itself out if you can focus on that and do that. If you're yeah. really curious about what do I want? What do I want to think about? What do I want to look at? What do I want to watch? What do I, whose opinions do I want to listen to? What kind of money do I want to make? What kind of people do I want to network with? Yeah. You start really working on some of those things and it, it, it kind of just works itself out. Like it really does. Those are yeah. important, important stuff. Asking yourself those questions. How often do we sit back and we go, what do I want to think about? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we ever sit back and think that. So I like that. Cool. It's good. That's great. Okay. Well, we're going to get back together tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think, we'll are we going to start doing, doing like two episodes a week? That'd be fun. Yeah. I'd like to. Um, on weeks so we can make it happen and yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd be great. And then we've got a little roadmap to just put more content out as far as taking stuff from these and, mm-hmm. you know, shifting it into other networks and stuff. So, yeah. um, just transparent with people. We'll probably hire someone to do some social media or something to mm-hmm. just get it out there more. And um, if anyone ever has any questions, like we, we love to chat and talk yeah. and we just want to see everyone successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, for sure. That's that's what this is all about. So cool. Well, thanks for today. Yeah, we'll, thank uh, you. That's great. See you tomorrow. See ya. <laughs>